All right, today on the Win Daily Show, I have tenacious David Jones, Win Daily fantasy sports writer, has qualified for baseball, basketball, and football championships, as well as the inaugural DraftKings Sports Betting Championship, and has well over a hundred thousand hundred, please. I'm so sorry for cutting you short, David. I'm so sorry. Five hundred thousand in winnings. Appreciate you hanging out with me tonight, man. Yeah, no problem, man. We don't really have much else to do, do we? We're sitting here in quarantine. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Happy to talk about whatever you want to hear about. I can't wait, man. This has been a lot of fun. I've gotten to talk to a bunch of the writers so far and get to sh- uh, spread that wind daily mindset, that wind daily, um, that love, that positivity around. So maybe I just answered this first question for you, but what does it mean to you to win daily? Yeah, so uh, to me, like, uh, I know, like, Jay's got a, a thing about, you know, how he goes into life, win daily. It's it's a lot of different aspects. But to me, I just, I am putting it straight towards, like, what I'm focused on that day, right? So if I'm trying to say, we're talking fantasy sports. This is a sports uh, betting podcast and daily fantasy podcast. So I just make sure I do the work and um, I don't play anything that I'm not ready for. So When I think about win daily, like the first word in that is win. You want to win. And if you just meander around and try and throw something together last minute or just try and follow someone, say, like Twitter picks or projections that hasn't put in the work, then you're not going to win. But if you want to win, you have to put in the work because I guarantee you that there's people out there that are putting in a ton of work and a ton of money behind their work. And those are the names you see at the top of the uh, at these GPP tournaments and constantly winning cash games. So kind of a long winded answer, but just uh, to stay focused would be a good, a good uh, synonym for win daily for me. For for you, man. And I love that. And everyone's kind of got a different, a little different spin on it, but it all comes down to the same thing. Um, it's about literally winning and doing what you've got to do that day to make sure that you're taking home, whatever you're trying to take home, as you were saying, we're trying to take home the money. So let's get it. So I hear you're uh, you went to little school um, down in uh, what's that state? I think Al- Alabama, if I'm not mistaken, was it Al- not Auburn, right? No, no, no. You went to uh, the university of, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, I went to uh, Tuscaloosa. I grew up in Hoover, Alabama, and uh, we were, my high school was about a half a mile from the Birmingham Barons Stadium where Michael Jordan came to play baseball. Uh, It's the AAA team that funnels up to the White Sox. So I got to grow up watching him. He lived in my dad's neighborhood. We'd see him out shooting hoops in the driveway. He'd let the kids come play too, man. It was pretty cool. But I went from Hoover over to to Tuscaloosa. And uh, you might know Hoover too, because we had an MTV reality show. I don't, some people don't put that together. Yeah. So there was an MTV show called Two a Days uh, oh, that lasted okay. yep. for two seasons. And uh, that was at my high school two years after I left. So all my friends, little brothers and sisters were on that reality show. It was weird. But I got up to Bama. I was a huge Bama fan. Got there when Mike Shula was coached. Then Nick Saban came in, a guy that I went to uh, high school with. John Parker Wilson was the quarterback at the time. So it was cool watching him thrive under Saban. Uh, the, the place is insane, man. It was a dump when I was there. They've cleaned it up nice, but I'm telling you what, that was a, a party school, and uh, I don't know, I don't know, man. It was fantastic. Have you been to Tuscaloosa? I never have. I never have, but one day I got to. Um, you know, I'm really excited. I have a buddy that goes on a SEC road trip every year. He's from Chicago, and every single year, him and a, him and a bunch of his friends pack into this bus and they just drive it all the way down and just pick a game, and they just go to one. They try and get tickets when they're there, and yeah. they've been to multiple stadiums and they love it. So I, I want to get get something together like that because. Uh, nothing like sec football right it, it just means more if i'm not mistaken yeah it's true it's wild get there on like a wednesday 
and then oh, you can no. party. <laughs> then you can oh, party no. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then uh, drink your Gatorade on Sunday. I was gonna say, man, I don't know if I'm capable of doing that anymore. Maybe when I was like 21, 22. Uh, now almost 29, man. It's those days they add up quick. It's different. Yeah, it's definitely different. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So you you kind of glossed over it, but you shot hoops with Michael Jordan. Is that did I hear that correctly? So I, I, I don't want to lie about it. I'd like to lie about it. I specifically didn't do it, but I have friends from the neighborhood who did. So he lived in my dad's neighborhood. My parents are separated. And so I lived over in my mom's neighborhood and I'd go to school and hear, you know, the stories of that, like, cause I know like a bunch of kids would go over and he'd let you just shoot with them in the driveway. Um, but it, it wasn't me. It was a lot of my friends, but it, you know, I know that it did happen. I wish I could say it was me, man. Yeah. I kind of wish it was you too. Cause I'd ask you more questions, but I guess it is what it is. So, well, um, I'm assuming while either in high school or in college is when you started to dabble in fantasy sports a little bit, like where's, where does the love come from? And when did you really start to, I mean, I'm assuming it was also season long. You started with what was, was it just a buddy of yours was running a league? How, how exactly did, um, did the fantasy sports aspect of your life come to light? Yeah, good question. So my friends played fantasy football uh, for years and I never got in because I didn't understand what it was. And I figured I'd get in and just get beaten. You know, it wouldn't be any fun for me and I'd get made fun of all over campus for it. But then then one year I finally stepped up. I actually started playing DFS before I started really season long. Yeah, because I heard I saw the commercials like FanDuel and I'd get in there and try, you know, make a buck here, lose a buck there and I'd play. Uh, not even every weekend for football and that was the only sport I was looking at um but then just as the years progressed uh I just I just felt like I could do it better and I felt like I could pick apart things that other people couldn't pick apart and I had an edge um and so when I started making real money at it is when I started playing every day and uh, I just had a goal right when I got started I remember I, I started playing a lot of NBA and I wanted to take down one of these you know I think it was a $50,000 prize up top and like a $33 entry. I didn't even know that those were so hard to win because they are, because you can multi-enter enter. But I said, this season, I'm going to take it down. And it took me the whole season until like two weeks before the season was over to take it down. So I was in a hole, but I finally won that 50,000. I was like, okay, I can do this. I know mistakes I've made. And just ever, ever since then, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to find an edge. I think I've got it. And, uh, it's it's been a profitable endeavor, man. I've been pretty serious about it for, I don't know, seven, eight years, something like that. That is very impressive, man. I mean, most people probably go into that season wishing the same thing. Hey, man, let's let's take down this 50K, but no one ever comes close. So it's very impressive that you're able to, you know, as you said, focus, put your mind to something and be able to go in every day and kind of chip away. Uh, I'm sure there's nights you were close. I'm sure there was nights yeah. you were very far away. Um, but all in all, as you said, about two weeks left, you went and you took it down. I, yeah, I got a story. So when I almost did take it down, uh, the it was like halfway through the season. I came in uh, second place, technically. So what, what would have been, I don't know, probably like $25,000, which was huge to me at the time. And uh, so I ca- had the second best lineup. But the guy who got first ran a train of 22 of the same lineups. So it bumped me down to 23. So when I should have gotten the 25000 I ended up with like 700 bucks because this guy ran a first place train all the way up. I don't remember who it was. Um, I, I think he just got lucky that night, but it's stuff like that. Like if he just wouldn't have played or if he would have just made one lineup or maybe he was trying to change his lineups and they wouldn't change. So he got stuck with the same lineup and all of them won first. So that was pretty tilting. I remember being pretty pissed off about that, but I just kept going and, and finally took down that first for myself. 
My goodness, that is awful. The yeah. same guy put it in 23 of the same lineup, so you didn't win anything. Yeah. I mean, 25K, that's a, that's a solid number. And I was like, wait, what's the problem here? And now yeah. I understand, yeah, the problem is you won like 500 bucks having the second best lineup, man. That is it's very impressive. Did you play the next night? Like, were you, were you angry? Like, what's going on through your brain at that moment? I might not have. I might not have played the, the next night. I remember being so pissed. But then also I could have. It was a while ago, and I could have just been like, okay, well, I got second place lineup i'm gonna do it again and you know it didn't happen but uh it was that season i remember that i took down that first big prize and it was jimmy butler who won it for me well thank you jimmy butler you've made me you've had me play jimmy butler a couple times uh unfortunately haven't been able to take anything down but i've come mighty close and uh excited once everything comes back to get uh, to get your insight because as i said baseball basketball and football uh you've qualified for multiple championships which i think is impressive but i also said you qualified for the inaugural DraftKings sports betting championship yeah. What is that? And I mean, have you been a sports better your whole life? Yeah. So I, uh, I used to be bigger into sports betting and I've hit a few huge like parlays. Like I did a lot of parlays and I know that's a bad, uh, a bad bet, but early on I hit an 18 parlay that paid like 85 or $18,500 on an 18 NFL parlay. So I was like, okay, I can do this. And you know how parlays go. Then you start losing it and start losing yep. it and you try and hit single bets. But I've had a few of those where it's just been like, you know, life-changing money at the time and, uh, and just crazy. But what the DraftKings Sports Betting National Championship was, was they gave you, I think it was $5,000. It was, you could even buy in or you could win your way in through a DFS tournament. I won my way in. They give you $5,000 and whoever can turn that $5,000 into the most money in three days betting on anything you want, uh, then you win a million dollars. And I think there was, I might be wrong about this, like 250, 300 of us. And uh, the guy who won turned $5,000 into like $160,000 in three days, like two and a half days, Whoa. honestly, from just doing the double up method. So five turns into 10, that's one bet. 10, 20, that's only two bets. 20 to 40, that's only three bets. And then, you know, exponentially, what is it? Seven, eight bets, you get to 160, if even that, um, to where I was trying to do more things like hit parlays, right? I remember cashing in it. I didn't lose all my money. Most people bust out. I'd say 80% of the people lost all, you know, the $5,000 didn't get to walk away with it. But you get to keep whatever you win, plus there's a prize pool at the top like a GPP. So this guy won 160-ish, something like that, plus a million dollars in two and a half days of gambling. So unfortunately, it got canceled this year because of the coronavirus. I was definitely going to go back, but I'll be there next year and try and take it down. I love it, man. I love it. That is fantastic. And is this only during basketball and hockey season, I'm assuming? That was going on during like the end of the NCAA men's uh, uh, regular mm -hmm. season and there was NBA going on and there was no football, but you could bet on anything. No, there was football. There was football. It was a playoff game. It was the Saints playoff game. It was the Saints playoff game where the Vikings, <laughs> uh, the DB messed up and they ran it in and, and or, or some, something happened. What happened? The Vikings yep. missed Yeah, the you got it. Saints went in. Yeah, that was the game. And then the guy won a uh, million dollars. Well, good for him. I'm fortunate for you. But again, man, I just think it's very impressive. Um, you talk pretty lightly about this stuff. But, uh, you know, 25K, 18K, over 500K in winnings. We're not messing around. And I love the opportunity that I get to hang out with you right now. But also get to talk to you every Sunday on Sirius when, again, the world is back on its access and get to pick your brain for a couple minutes because it is pretty fun. Uh, obviously, you know your shit. So that's always pretty nice as well. And with um, what do you, uh, do you have a fun story about joining the Windaily team? Where how, how did you find Jason? Have you guys been friends forever? Was he shooting hoops with Michael Jordan back in the day? 
<laughs> no, he just he, he sent me a video today of him dunking a ball, trying to start up like a win daily uh, horse tournament, I think. But we got to work on some rules. But. A 10-foot or an 8-foot? It looked like about a 6-foot. <laughs> but he did he did bounce it off the backboard and dunk it. But, uh, no, uh, what what was the question again? How did you join the win daily team uh, here? Okay, yeah. So uh, I got a, a, a guy that I had met at the first uh, – Fantasy Basketball World Championship over in Springfield. Uh, we're at the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame. Sorry. I met him up there, and he got me in touch with Jason because Jason was looking for writers that have been successful. And uh, I just I just talked him out for about a month. Like, I didn't want to be a writer. I didn't want to be a contributor or anything. I just like doing what I was doing. Um, but I also like the vision he had for the site and uh, and how much it's grown since I joined in probably nine months ago has been exponential. I mean, he, he went from, you know, just having a, a fantasy sports site to now we're on Reach TV. Now we have a YouTube stream. Now we're one of the shows on Sirius XM, which I've got to admit was a goal that I, you know, had. I used to listen to these guys and you argue with them and you're like, oh, I'm, I can do better than that. What are you talking about? And now I'm actually one of those guys and you are too that's on Sirius XM. So that's, I mean, that's pretty powerful stuff, man. But me and Jason, we've become real good friends and Javi since then. We went to the uh, Puerto Rico NFL World Championship and got to spend a few days together. Uh, I go kayaking and get drunk with Donovan McNabb and do all these great things, win a bunch of money together. Uh, and then also I've flown up to New York, you know, uh, a handful of times to go do the serious show and we go out and, and, you know, get to know one another in the uh, New York nightlife. So, uh, We've become pretty good buddies, man. And I'm trying to get him down to Atlanta, take him to a Braves game and show him what it's all about down here. Nice, man. I'd come down to Atlanta. You're more than welcome to invite me. We can go to a Mets game, um, but make it one of the ones to ground pitches because then we have a chance. That'd be nice. That's what, uh, that's when he wants to come when there's a Mets game going on. And I know Nick's going to fly in from Chicago too, at some point and go to a Braves game. So we should try and get everyone on the same page for that. That sounds fantastic. Once the world starts spinning and actually now with MLB, maybe just playing all their games in Arizona, screw it. Let's just go there and watch a hundred together. If, we if we're can, allowed, if they'll let us, if we can get in maybe that second half, if they'll have a fan or two in, but that man, that's, you know, that's real interesting. I hope they get, I, you know, I'd rather have them playing with no fans than no baseball at all, but come on, like maybe, maybe they finally let the fans back in at the playoffs or the world series. And it's just electric. Like there's no problem. So they get to go back to their home stadiums and everyone's been waiting for six months to watch baseball. And then we finally get to all go and let it all out at the playoffs. That'd be great. I would, I would vote for that. Um, hopefully the Mets are in it, but probably not because that's how the Mets work. So with, um, uh, Jason told me after you joined the wind daily team, you, uh, you took down a pretty, pretty hefty amount of money too. He said it was the biggest you've ever taken down. I don't know. Maybe he was using hyperbole. I want to hear the story from you though. No, it was. It was. It was the biggest one I've taken down. It was a. Uh, it was like a hundred and four hundred five thousand dollars or something one night. Um, and I know I stacked the Indians, and I'm pretty sure I stacked the Mets. I should note it's it's the it's pinned on my uh, on my Twitter feed. Uh, but I it was just one of those nights where like everyone wants to play Coors Field and baseball, and people want to play Coors Field because of the hitting conditions. However, no one ta- seems to take into account that the players are the highest priced. So if you're going and jamming in all these highest priced players or hitters and you're taking a crummy pitcher and you're taking another crummy hitting team. And I just, I fade the chalk in baseball and I never pay all the way up in baseball. So I took uh, the Cleveland Indians and the Mets that night and they were both super low owned. I caught a grand slam from uh, Ramirez in the first inning, bases loaded. Some pitcher just got blown up. They, they threw up just a ton of points and I was winning it the whole way and no one was even close. 
And so, yeah, I took down all that money. But Jason's uh, funny story about that is he was just kept pushing me. He's like, you got to win something. If people are going to respect you, you got to win. I'd been in the chat <laughs> for like, for like uh, three weeks. And so no one really knew who I was or talked to me. Even I knew if I worked there. And that night I put in, uh, you know, I just texted out, hey, I'm playing the Mets and, and the Indians. And like no one liked it. No one paid attention. They're all looking at, you know, the Dodgers and uh, – and the Rockies and it then it hits and then people went back and looked at my message and I remember someone said we had the keys to the castle and we didn't take it and ever since then then people have, have uh, listened to what I had to say more so hey man if, if all it takes is a hundred thousand dollars in a single win I mean I guess that's a good reason to start listening to someone I think that that is a pretty awesome story and uh, it's true man baseball baseball is very different um, when it comes to DFS than some other sports but I love them all I'm going to keep playing them all and I'm just hoping that they're all going to come back one of these days. So we'll, we'll see how it works. And with, um, with the, you know, so you brought up the discord and like the community here, you know, at, at, at wind daily, which I think is awesome. And Jason's been able to attract some incredible people such as yourself, stuff that, such as Javi. I, you know, I got to hang out with JT. I've spoken with rocker a little bit too, uh, who has the best memes on planet earth, by the way, yeah. if anyone's ever wondering, but just the, the core group of people, I think is fantastic when it comes to that, that wind daily mindset and the positivity. But I want you to talk a little bit about the community that he and you guys have been able to build through this discord chat and through just, just going out and doing as good as you can. And as you said, you gave everybody the keys to the castle. No one took it. Anyone yeah. could have taken that money down that night. Yeah. Anyone could have it. it, it no one was even close. It would have won everything. My regret was not entering in more contests, right? <laughs> I really think that's what happens every time anyone wins anything. Oh, I should have entered more. Um, but yeah, as far as like the discord community, so like these guys are great there. And if you don't know who discord is, it's just an app where everyone can chat like a, you know, some old school AOL chat room or, or, um, any other, any other app you're familiar with that does that, but we all get in there and chat and you can tag our name and we'll see your question. And we answer every single question that we see. Um, especially like going up with NBA, like, uh, towards NBA lock, you get a hundred questions, but you answer them all and everyone just kind of hangs out in there. Right. So everyone just kind of hangs in and chats and like a lot of these uh, subscribers know each other. So they've made friends with each other and they, you just watch them sit in there and talk sometimes. But uh, I don't know, man, the, the, the point is that we're easy to get to. And so like, I know some of these other sites that have, you know, more subscribers than us right now um, that they don't take that approach. They don't answer individual questions. They put up an article, you read the article, you play the plays, but there's a lot of guys to consider. And uh, when you can talk it out with someone who subscribes, they start to understand how to play it more as opposed to just putting a name or, or checking a name. So it, they're like, okay, I love this guy tonight. I'm like, I'm not really on him. They're like, he's high price. He's in a great situation. I think the pitcher's bad. Like, why don't you like him? And then you can, you know, explain little like nuanced things that you might be thinking about him. Um, and so it just helps them understand the game more, but it's a good community, man. Everyone's uh, super cool there for the most part. And you're not, if you're not, we kick you out. So. Yeah, that's a good point. I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it almost happen a couple times with uh, uh, one thing. It's always funny if someone's ever negative, you know, the first uh, I've only been in the community for a little while. I've only brought on a few months ago, so I don't get to see the baseball aspect, but I remember in basketball, I think someone sprained their ankle or twisted their ankle and they were on some crap team. So they knew no, everyone knew they were, weren't coming back. So everyone's freaking out at you and at Javi. I can't remember. Maybe it was JT and you guys are like, dude, like, what do you want us to do? How are we supposed to know? And it's just awesome because the other members of the community are then like, dude, why are you getting angry at these guys? They right. give you every question you could probably possibly want. And they don't know if someone's going to sprain their ankle or not. What the hell? Yeah. 
No, it's a, yeah, you, you get that sometimes. You get people like misinterpreting information. We've had people tell us we don't provide content and that's literally, it's a content website. I had someone recently tell me, because I mentioned Todd Gurley's number that they said that I was recommending him as a, uh, as uh, a quantitative mat- metric that his production would go up because his jersey number changed. Like some people just don't get it and some people are just going to be bad at it. But for the most part, like over 50% of the people can learn and then, you know what, there's some there's stupid people out there, too, that don't know how to interpret things or maybe new to the fantasy sports community. They honestly might not know, like, that injury is such a big deal. And so I understand getting mad and losing money. But you can't blame, you know, anyone for an injury, including the, including the athlete, him or herself. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's really important. And, again, I, I love how you said it before, you know, you – you and Javi and John and, 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 and Rocker and all you guys, John, Jim, whatever the hell that guy's name is. I'm never going to know what his name is. Can't pronounce his last name either. We're going to go with JT. All of you guys do such a great job as well, as you said. You know, if it's someone that's a beginner, you actually you, know, you go through, you explain everything, you give them all the information. And I think it's cool. You can kind of see some of those back and forth. And it's like, so why do you think this? Okay, I think because X, Y, and Z. He's like, oh, how did you come to that understanding? So not only are you giving them, as you said, the player pool, you're giving them that article that they can read and understand. They have the projections, they have the cheat sheet, but at the same time, they also can ask you guys questions. These pros, guys that take down almost a million dollars, well over half a million at this point, and understand the process that goes behind it. Because as you said, you can teach people how to play this and what your mindset is. And I think that's the most impactful part. Yeah, um, I agree too. And also it's important to remember, like we don't we don't win every single night, right? But we know how to how to figure out to like, if you can win one big tournament a week, like it's going to cover everything. If you know to play cash games with your tournaments, then you're going to be able to cover that GPP entry when you're not in the top 18%, when all you have to do is be 50% of the field. It's little things like that, that help you keep your bankroll and, uh, you know, not lose all your money, quite frankly. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to be transparent. Like, are you going to win every night? You're not going to win every night, but are you going to win enough to pay off that subscription? Are you going to win enough to get a little extra pocket money or go get a new TV or something? Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Hell yeah, man. And we appreciate you for that. So outside of the DFS and the gambling world, one thing that we want to focus a little bit more on, especially because all these things are interconnected is what are you doing outside of sports and outside of DFS to, to make sure that you have and keep that win daily mindset? Yeah. So uh, by day, I'm actually a pharmaceutical rep. This isn't my full-time job. Some people don't know that, but I'm a pharmaceutical rep. So I'm a drug pusher man and I go see (laughs) doctors all day. Um, So I do do that. That helps, you know, pay the bills um, and and gifts me off of sports sometimes. Because here's one of the biggest mistakes that, that people make is you see some of these subscribers that are the slate doesn't like uh, lock until 7 p.m. that night and at 8 a.m. They're asking me for lineup advice. And I just tell them, like, dude, it doesn't matter what I tell you right now. You have to get your mind off this. If you sit there and think about a player all day, I guarantee you you're going to change it at the right before lock. Or you're going to send me a lineup at 8 a.m. and you're going to send me one at 6.50 and it's going to be completely different. So don't waste all your time thinking about this stuff. Like put in a couple hours, set your lineup, don't tinker it, don't wait until the last minute to try and set one. Um, but that's just kind of a little tangent I went off of your question. But like what are my hobbies and stuff is maybe – Something you're no like. What what are you doing to make sure that you're always being the best person? What are you doing to make sure that you're always you know focused? Focus was your word for Wendale. That was your right. synonym. So what are you doing to make sure that you are always focused in on what you're doing? Whether it is DFS, whether it is gambling, whether it is pharmaceutical sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'll just take the DFS approach, kind of like what I do before I start making lineups that I found helpful. So 
you know, everyone can get like a cloudy head sometimes or be tired and not want to, uh, not want to do the research or put in the work or whatever. So I think it's important to try and work out before you start researching this stuff. I think it's important to get the blood pumping through your brain. So you're thinking correctly and not making decisions with your heart instead of your head. I, I find that that helps me a lot. Or even like if you're going for a run, then listen to a, uh, a sports podcast or just try and absorb any information that you can get. So what I do a lot of the times is I look at the teams on the slates and then I go to the different beat writers of those teams. I go to the official Twitter pages of those teams because you do pick up little tidbits that you didn't know that may be useful, whether that's a narrative thing. Maybe they're talking about last time they got beat in the playoffs and now they're out for revenge or, you know, just little things like that you pick up. So it's important to uh, get your mind right. It's important to not be tired and it's important to get all the information you can so you can make the best decision possible because you're putting your money on the line and uh, you want to get a return on that. And look at that, ladies and gentlemen, Tenacious D is going out and checking out the beat writers of all the teams on the slate to see the narratives. I know Jason makes fun of you or at least pokes fun for your, uh, your narrative um, approach, but hey, man, if it works, it works. Well, you have to know what, what to look for, too. So, like, I make jokes sometimes. Like, I, I'm, when, I, when I send, like, someone was on this old team, I'm not always serious about that. I hope a lot of people know that. But sometimes it does matter. When it does matter, if you in, like, the NBA, if you have a player going against their old team, it only matters if they're in their old city. And it only matters if there's a, they are a star or starting on the team. Like, bench guys doesn't matter. Like, you, you know, you're five on the starting line. It doesn't matter. But if you are a stud and you are going back to your old team and you left them poorly, like Eric Bledsoe going back to the Suns or something, then that's something that's not the end all be all, but it's something you'd look at. I mean, think about it. Like if you were, you know, in high school and you switched high schools and you were going back to play the high school and basketball that you used to play for and all your friends are on it and all your friends from the school are on it and your parents are there, you're going to try harder. Like you're going to try harder. And people say, oh, professional athletes, they're trying hard every game. No, they're really not. I mean, some of these guys are so gifted that you don't have to try hard. So if you can get one of these gifted guys to be focused in more so and, and enforce what he wants to do, then it, it is a better thing. And there's other narratives too, but maybe we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah, we could save that. I don't want to give away all your secrets. I mean, well, we kind of do, but we want to give them away to the subscribers. So if anyone out there listening, you're not a subscriber yet. You just listen to this man pretty much talk us for the last 30 minutes about how incredible he is. I mean, I'll use those words. You didn't quite say them. You're pretty humble about it, but no, I'll say it. I'll, no, I'm <laughs> I love it, man. And then I guess the last question I have for you is what, um, what are some of the future goals you have, whether that's again, you know, within the DFS realm, which is something that we've been paying attention about, but also, you know, outside of, uh, you know, this DFS that we love so much. Yeah. So with DFS, it's going to have to be win one of these live finals. Like I've been to like five of them and I don't think I've gotten within the top 10 of any of them, uh, which is not encouraging, but it's still something I want to do. I want to walk across that stage. I want to get that WWE looking belt or that big check. And uh, that, that's the ultimate goal, right? I might even make a FanDuel commercial if I, if I take that down. But that's the ultimate goal right now is to, to qualify for those and just kind of increasing bank uh, bankroll. Um, that's that's the big goal, man. Take one of the live qualifiers down. Take them down. Awesome, man. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Tenacious David Narrative Jones. Take Tenacious Narrative David with David Jones. Appreciate your time today, man. <laughs> yeah, hey, I appreciate it too.